So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, today we're gonna once again go through how to talk to anyone by Lail Lance. Am I right? I think. <laughs> it is there, you know? Anyway, it is in the title and it is also in the title of the podcast. But yeah, we're gonna go through it after the intro. It might be the last one, but it might also just be the uh, one before the last one, if this makes sense. I'm not quite sure about that. But yeah, we're gonna do that. And I'm really happy to go through it, you know, because it's it's an amazing book. It's one of the best books that I've ever gone through, I think, in general, because it might also be because of the summary, because the summary is amazing, because it is so detailed, because like every single fucking trick there is in a book, it's also in here, which is amazing, which is an insane thing, an insanely cool thing, of course, because free information, you know, and you don't even have to buy the fucking book then, quite, you know, quite. And it is already there, which is amazing, you know. Well, yeah, we're gonna go ahead with how to make him feel like a movie star. I know not that you are a movie star, but I guess that they are a movie star. In terms of, I think, just famous, isn't it the case, you know? And this is, by the way, also something that I had to... Did I had to do it? No, I, I did it just because I wanted to, I guess. Think about it because... Um, because different thing. I've seen that I often just uh, breathe into the phone, which is not that of a nice thing. It's, it's really uncool because there's a lot of fucking noisy sounds, which is not good. But I thought about who is the most uh, famous person or which type of people are the most famous people in the world. Then I, I really, of course, had to think about uh, actors and Hollywood stars and all these things. So the people that are just staring in films. And then, of course, the musicians. But I guess, no, I guess that if you're a Hollywood star, you're probably probably the most famous, you know, in terms of just groups of people, you know, because musicians, yeah, okay, if I don't just like the genre, then I'm not gonna, um, not gonna listen to the music, you know, and the thing is, if I just don't like the film, then yeah, okay, I'm not gonna watch it, but this actor might be in a different film as well, you know, it might be in a completely different genre as well of films, so I think chances are higher compared to any other group of people or any other group of, um, professionals, uh, yeah, to be famous, I guess. So how to make him feel like a movie star? Technique, tracking. <laughs> tracking sounds a little bit illegal, to be honest, but, but we'll see. Like an air traffic controller, track the tiniest details of your conversation's partner's life. Refer to them in your conversation like a major news story. It creates a powerful sense of intimacy. When you evoke the last major or minor even uh, event, I'm sorry, in anyone's life, it confirms the deep conviction that he or she is an old-style hero around whom the world resolves. And people love you for recognizing their stardom, which is probably the case, yeah, you know, because we all want to feel good, you know, we all want to feel like just we are amazing people, we are just whatever, whatever it might be, we uh, like to do so, I guess. Politicians make a science out of tracking. They keep a little black box either on their desk, in their computer, or in their brain of the last concern, enthusiasm, or event discussed with everyone in their life. They keep track of where the people were, what they said, and what they were doing since the last conversation. Then the first word of the next phone call or meeting with, the, with that person relates to that information, which, of course, um, especially, I guess, if it is a conversation, and I think this is now something that we, we all can use when we... 
um, the, just as normal people, I would say, you know, because we are not all politicians and whatnot. But I think if you're just having a very deep conversation with somebody about whatever it might be, then maybe referring to it on the next phone call. Of course, there might also be just some some point of time where this is just not the right thing to do, obviously. But I think it just makes sense because they might just think about this moment. They might think about the situation they were in while uh, or as they were talking to you in terms of like, well, yeah, you know, I had a really good conversation with this dude and, you know, and it, it probably makes them feel feel happy and also especially happy around you and good around you because they remember, well, there was a conversation and I've really enjoyed that one. How amazed them with what you remember about that technique, the business card doja. Haven't I gone through it already, right? Uh, right after you've talked to someone at a party, take out your pen. On the back of his or her business card, write notes to remind you of the conversation. His favorite restaurant, sport, movie or drink. Whom she admires, where she grew up, a high school honor or maybe a joke he told. In your next communication, toss off a reference to the favorite restaurant, sport, movie, drink, hometown, high school honor or reprieve or reprieve, whatever, the laugh over the great joke. Which also, once again, makes sense because they know that, first of all, they know that you listen, which is always a good thing, you know, because, I don't know, it might be the case that some people more or less often think that other people are not really listening. But I guess if, if you notice that somebody really listens, you know, and really also remembers stuff that you were talking about, then it is always a good thing, I assume. You know, it's, it's always an amazing thing indeed, I would say. How to make the sale with your eyeballs. Technique, the eyeball selling or eyeball selling. The human body is a 24-hour broadcasting station that transmits, you thrill me, you bore me, I love that aspect of your product, that one puts my feet to sleep. <laughs> Set the hidden cameras behind your eyeballs to pick up all your customers and friends' signals, then plan your pitch and your pace accordingly. Which makes sense, you know, which just not only makes sense when we talk about making sales and when we talk about selling something in general, but I think in every single conversation, you know, if you just know that uh, the boy in front of you is just not really kind of interested, you know, according to the body language, according to uh, maybe also the writing style, you know, when you're texting to somebody, then, then yeah, I don't know, you know, maybe you should just take another path, maybe you should just do something different, maybe you should um, think about something uh, different, maybe, I guess. It would at least make sense. It really would make sense. You know, to just really uh, go ahead determined by how the other person acts and how the other person uh, seems to feel and, and, and seems to, to react also to what you do and all those things. So it just truly makes sense, you know. Part nine. How to break the most treacherous glass ceiling of all. How many times has one of your associates, associates made a dumb, insensitive gaffe? <laughs> How often have you written somebody off because of some stupid move? Do you think he knew what he was doing? Question mark. Of course not. He had no idea he was crossing a line or stepping on your toes. Probably none. Uh, no one ever told him about the subtleties we are going to discuss in this final section of hot to talk. Hot, what? Hot to talk to anyone. I think it's how to talk to anyone, but I'm not quite sure. It might also just be uh, just consciously written that way. Could be the case. I don't know. I really don't. How to win their affection by overlooking their bloopers? Techniques, see no bloopers. Hear no bloopers. So first of all, you see no bloopers and then you also not hear any bloopers. Cool communicators allow their friends, associates, acquaintances and loved ones the pleasure myth of being above commonplace bloopers and embracing biological functions. I see. They simply don't notice their comrades' minor spills, slips, thumbs and forks pass. 
They obviously ignore raspberries and all other signs of human fra frailty in their fellow mortals. Big winners never gape at another's gaffes. What is a gaff? Is it like if you fart and shit? Blunder. I see. Oh, I see. I see. I really do see. People hate to be reminded of the moments when they were not shining. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And I think it is also just a good thing. Like, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit if somebody just, I don't know, said something dumb? You know, and and I would also say that some, if, if somebody says something dumb and you're just not reacting at all, you know, and there is a lot of silence and stuff, this is also not good. You know, I think you can really help and maybe save some people. It just really depends on the context, of course. I mean, if it is a business meeting and stuff, then um, inside of a company, not with other clients and stuff. But if I think you can really save, you know, maybe from losing that job, maybe from something else that might be really fucked up and stuff. But I think you can really do a great job at that if you want to. And if you consciously just also listen to what the people are saying, you know, and if you consciously just just also try to do so, I guess, then, then you could be doing that, which I think is just an amazing thing. I mean, uh, people are going to be happy and people are also going to be pretty thankful for you doing that. Of course, you know, because I mean, if they fuck up and you're saving them, it's an amazing thing. It really is cool. How to win their heart when their tongue is faltering. Technique, lend a helping tongue. Whenever someone's story is abort or aborted, let the interruption play itself out. Give everybody time to dote on the little darling. Give that dinner order or pick up the checked pieces of China. <laughs> what the fuck? Then when the group uh, reassembles, simply say to the person who suffered story, who suffered a story, interrupts. Now, please get back to your story or better yet, remember where they were and then ask, so what happened after that? And fill in the last few words. Um, I think this, I mean, I gotta have to say like a lot of these principles and a lot of the things that he's talking about, she's, I'm sorry, she's talking about um, are just based on being a nice person and being kind, I would say. Like, okay, just tell me more about this and being genuinely interested. I mean, um, I think all those books are just so interesting. First of all, because we can all use them, you know, and we all can use them right now. I mean, if you're texting somebody, if you're just calling somebody and whatnot, uh, we all can just be really nice people. We can, you know. On the other hand, of course, there's just some people that are not that good at it. You know, there's just some people, which is an unfortunate thing for them, that cannot communicate in a very nice way. Just, I don't know because of what. And I've actually also looked up whether this has something to do with uh, someone being intelligent, because I thought that I have seen a correlation or maybe causation in terms of that, but I wasn't able to find something that uh, that really uh, um, yeah that really satisfied that thought. So I guess it's it's not the case. Besides the thing that I guess they uh, I, that I think there was something, but I don't remember unfortunately. Um, but it's it's not like okay if you're just really highly intelligent, then of course you're not as good of a, a social animal. Quite it's not the case really not the case you know there's a lot of intelligent people i would say that probably that really do are nice people of course you know they're not fucking assholes and stuff but um but yeah you know what i mean how to uh, let them know what's in it for them technique bear the buried w i i f m and w i i f y whatever this means what is in it for you and what is in it for me I see. Okay. Whenever you suggest a meeting or ask a favor, divulge the respective benefits. Reveal that it is uh, what is in it for you and what is in for them or for the other person, even if it is sip. If any hidden agenda comes up later, you get labeled a sly fox. Yeah, indeed. 
Um, and I think it just makes sense. Like, okay, if I just tell somebody, um, could you really help me do that? Um, and I, I gotta have to say, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, okay, if you do this to me and if you give this to me, then I'm also going to do this to you. It doesn't necessarily have to be the case. But if you say like, um, you would really help me and I would really appreciate that, something that sense, you know what I'm referring to in, in a second. Um, I would really be happy if you could help me doing this, you know? It's not about them getting something out of it per se, you know? They don't just get another uh, service from you then, but it is more or less like they feel better about themselves, which is also something in return. Like it doesn't have to be a service. It doesn't have to be money whatnot, but it could also just be a, a good feeling and feeling good and feeling like, well, I just helped this person. This is amazing, you know, and I have to think about more. Uh, I have to think about it more, I guess. And then I can just really say what I think about it. How to make them want to do favors for you. Technique, let them savor the favor. Whenever a friend agrees to a favor, allow your generous body time to release the joy of his or her benef uh, beneficence before you make them pay the piper. How long? At last 24 hours. I, re uh, I have to recap it once again. Whenever a friend agrees to a favor, allow your generous body time to release the joy of his or her uh, benef... I can't read. <laughs> Beneficiency or something before you make them pay the piper. How long? At least 24 hours. I don't really get what he's referring to, but I think it, it makes sense, I guess. Technique, tit for wait, wait, tat. When you do someone a favor and it is obviously that he owes you one, wait a, sub, uh, wait a suitable amount of time before asking him to pay. Let him enjoy the fact of fiction that you did out, that you did it out of friendship. Don't call it, don't call in your tit for that tat too swiftly. Yes, indeed. And also just besides that, I have to say, like, I mean, you just do something for free then. You know, it, it feels good. It's good for your karma and everything is everything is nice in the end. So why not? On the other hand, something that I've seen yesterday, actually, um, maybe a little bit of context, you know, as much context as I can give there, I guess. Promising somebody to give him or her something in terms of like, okay, you just... Your work. Let, let's say you're working on a book. You're working on a book, and you, uh, you, yeah, and, and this this book is beneficial to the person you're just talking to. Then you could be like, well, I'm gonna give this book for free to you when I've finished, you know, because I have to do it anyway. And uh, you can contribute something, or you, you can really get something out of it. Then I think, first of all, it is a good thing because you're gonna feel good. Second of all, they feel like, well, they're giving something. Uh, this person is giving something to me that's really, really valuable because the person worked on it for quite some time and, and all that other stuff. So, which means that the other person is more likely to give you something back. You know? Quite. Not always. Quite. It depends. Um, besides the whole fact that it just feels good if you just know that you have done more. In terms of like, um, you know that if you ask this person for something, for something where it is very subtle, something medium, I would go for something, I wouldn't go for something too high actually, too too big of a deal, and that you're probably gonna get it, you know, because you know that you've done so much for the person that, you know, there's no way, there's no way, unless they're fucking assholes, quite, but you shouldn't expect anything, you know, because it is what it is then, you know, some people are what this is and whatnot, but, but what I wanted to say is that if you promise something to somebody, then you might also be likely to work on this harder, and more accurate and you might just do a better job at doing it because you know okay i'm gonna give this to the other person i'm gonna give this to just the person that i maybe really like and stuff and uh, i want it to be good i don't want to just just be some bullshit you know 
I want it to be good so that it's even more of a thing for the person, you know? This is something that, that got to my mind yesterday, which I think is an incredible thing because it just makes you work harder and better, more efficient maybe as well. No, not, 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 probably not really. How to know what, uh, what not to say at parties? Well, <laughs> there might be a few things. Technique, parties are for predator. There are three sacred safe havens or havens, havens, havens in the human jungle where even the toughest tiger knows he must no attack. The first of these is parties. Parties are for pleasantries and good fellowship, not for confrontations. Big players, even when standing next to their enemies at the buffer table, smile and nod. They leave tough talk for tougher settings or for tougher setting. Yes, indeed. You know, I think you know. I think this also has something to do with just being empathetic and just knowing where boundaries are, and borders are, and whatnot. How to know what not to say at dinner? Technique: dinners for dining. The most guarded safe haven. Uh, respected by big winners is the dining table. Breaking brats together is a time when they bring up no unpleasant matters. While eating, they know it is okay to brainstorm and discuss the positive side of the business. Their dreams, their desires, their designs. They can free associate and come up with new ideas, but no tough business. Only after they have played out this crucial uh, charade can they discuss business. But no dirty business. The, biggie, the biggies can brainstorm over coffee. They can discuss proposals over dessert or dessert. I'm sorry. They can toss around new ideas over cordials. They can explore the positive side of the merger, the acqui acquisition, the acquisition, I'm sorry, or the partnership while waiting for the check. So it seems to be the case that it indeed just got a message there. I see. Um, uh, yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, I think there are indeed just boundaries. I would say I'm gonna go through the whole one today. You know, I'm I'm gonna finish up with this, and afterwards I'm gonna search for another book because I like it so much. It's it's insane. How to know what not to say in a chance meeting? Technique: Chance encounters are for chit chat. <laughs> if you're selling, negotiating, or uh, in a sensitive communication with someone, do not capitalize on a chance meeting. Keep the melody of your mistaken meeting sweet uh, of your mistake meeting sweet and light otherwise it could turn into your swan song with big winner i see i don't really get it but i just see you know <laughs> how to how to prepare them to listen to you technique empty their tanks if you need information let people have their entire say first wait patiently and their needle is on empty uh, until their needle is on empty and then last drop drips out of uh, is an empty and the last drop drips out of splashes on the cement. It's the only way to be sure that tank is empty enough of their own inner noise to start receiving your ideas. Which, by the way, I think is always a good thing to just ask questions first. Being like, you know, well, what do you do? How do you do things? And whatnot. By the way, asking someone for help, I think, is a pretty great gesture. In terms of like, okay, I wasn't able to do so, you know, I just don't know what the solution to this problem is. And you you maybe you maybe even don't even know just that the other person has the answer and knows the answer. But you ask them, which means that you haven't asked probably somebody else. And which means that you come you, you come up to this person to get help. Which first of all might say, okay, you are better than me, which always feels good, obviously. And and or just okay, you believe in me, you trust in me, there's just a lot that is associated with asking for help, I guess. Besides the whole fact that it is probably a good conversation starter, like, you know, could you 
help me and whatnot. And then you can be like, well, you know, how do you just know that's so good? What did you do? How did you just acquire this knowledge? And all those things, like there's a lot of questions you can ask there, which is good, you know? And at the end, they might even be like, well, and, and what uh, are you doing normally? What are you good at? And then you can talk about your shit and whatnot, you know, because you just have to, have to make them empty at first. How to turn their anger around in three sentences or less. Technique, echo the emo. <laughs> facts speak, emotions shout. Whenever you need facts from people about an emotional situation, let them emote. Hear their facts, but emphasize like, like mad with their emotions. Uh, smearing on the emo is often the only way to calm the emotional storm. Wait once again. Facts speak and emotions shout, and I think we all have seen that. Whenever you need facts from people about an emotional situation, let them emote. Okay, just shut around and stuff, I assume. Uh, hear their facts, but emphasize they're mad with their emotions. Okay, I see. Just focusing on the facts. Smearing on the... What does smearing mean in that sense? Uh, smearing on the emo is often the only way to calm the emotional storm. I don't really get it, which is uh, a pity, I guess. I could... You know what? I'm gonna translate that really quickly. I'm gonna translate it because I want to get it because I feel like there is something really incredible in there and I want to have that. And my go-to thing is deep L, which is a deep learning and uh, how do you say uh, AI driven translator, which is amazing. It's insane. I, I might also be reading it in German because, because the Fakten sprechen, emotion, uh, yes. <lacht> Emotionen schreien. Wann immer Sie von Menschen Fakten über eine emotionale Situation benötigen, lassen Sie sich bewegen. Hören Sie Ihre Fakten, aber führen Sie sich wie verrückt in Ihre, Emo oh, in Ihre Emotionen ein. Das Verleumden des Emo ist oft die einzige Möglichkeit, Ihren emotionalen Sturm zu beruhigen. Wait, once again. <lacht> ah, I see. Once again, just about empathy, isn't it? Empathy is good. Empathy is amazing. How to make him like, how to make him like you, even when they are messed up. Even when you've, what? Even when you've messed up, probably. Yes, messed up. There's a typo there, but anyway. Technique, my goof, your game. Whenever you make a boner, make, yeah, boner, uh, make sure your victim benefits. It's not enough to correct your mistake. Ask yourself, what could it do for the suffering soul so he or she will be delighted? I made the flap. Then do it fast. In that way, your goof will become your gain. Is it about just making just wrong things, uh, on purpose. I don't know if this is that good, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, never mind. How to trap a rat with class. Technique, leave an escape hatch. Whenever you catch someone lying, flinching, exaggerating, distorting or deceiving, don't confront the dirty duck directly. Which I guess, yeah, makes sense, I guess. Unless it is your responsibility to catch or correct the culprit or unless you're saying other innocent victims by You're saving other innocent victims by doing so. Let the transgressor out of your trap with this, with his tricky puss, <laughs> with his tricky puss in one piece. You know, puss is ready to face, as I've learned. And the funny thing is, I remember that. I don't remember a lot of words that I have to look up, you know? But this is something I remember. Hmm? Who guesses why? I'm not sure. Hmm. Then resolve never to gaze up, uh, to never gaze upon it again. Why do big winners let bad news people get away with bummers? By closing your mouth and then the door forever, you are saying, you are so beneath me, I'm not going to even waste my words on you. And second of all, like, I don't know, just, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, I don't give a shit. It's just a waste of time. How to get whatever you want from service personnel. Technique, buttercups for their boss. 
Do you have a store clerk, accountant, law firm, junior partner, tailor, auto mechanic, matret, whatever it is, massage therapist, kids teacher, or any other worker you want special attention from in the future? The surefire way to make them care enough to give you their best is send a buttercup to their boss. Does it mean like, okay, I know this person did a really good job? I think, yeah. I think, yeah. I th you know, it just at least would make sense for me. How to be a leader in a crowd and not a follower. Technique, lead the listeners. No matter how prominent the big cat behind the podium is, crouched inside is a little scaredy cat who is anxious about the crowd's acceptance. Big winners recognize you are a fellow big winner when they see you leading their listeners in a positive reaction. Be the first to applaud or publicly comment the man or woman you agree with or want favors from. Yeah, because they like followers, are, isn't it the case, you know? And they remember, like, you were the first person that applauded. You were the first person that gave something to me and stuff like that. They notice that. They will hear that. How to make all the right... Ah, I see. <laughs> I've just taken a little bit wrong there. But of course, if you just stand up and clap, chances are that other people are also going to do that. Not necessarily, you know, which can turn out in a very fucked up situation, but it could be the case. How to make all the right moves. Technique, the great scorecard in the sky. Any two people have an invisible scorecard hovering above their heads. The numbers continually fluctuate, but one rule remains. Players with lower score pays a deference to players with higher score. The penalty for not keeping your eye on the great score in the sky is to throw out of the game, to be thrown out of the game permanently. Big winners before putting pen to paper, fingers to keyboard, mouth to phone, or hands to someone else to shake it, do a quick calculation. They ask themselves, who has the most to benefit from this relationship? What has each of us done recently that uh, the demand differs from the other? And what can I do to even the score? Any two people have an invisible score, however, their heads, the numbers continually fluctuate, but one rule remains players with lower score pays difference to play with higher score. Ah, uh, ah, uh, sure, I see. I see. I see. Which means just help people. I think this is the, the bottom line there. But yeah, we've finished up with this one. And it is loading once again. What should I have expected? I actually have expected it to happen. Um, amazing thing, amazing thing. And uh, I'm looking for another book for the next thing. The question of the day, it's going to be the same as always. What can you do to make somebody's, somebody else's life better? Is there something you can do? Because that probably is something you could be doing. And please do so, you know, because it makes sense. It is a good idea. It is a good thing to do. Please have an eye on that. And yeah, I'm going to search for another book like this one. I'm sorry. Nope, didn't want to do that. But anyway, I wish you the best health, of happiness, and also success. And also hope that you're going to remind yourself that you're going to be remembered. Which basically means your legacy basically means just being a nice person and being remembered as a nice person. Yeah. Um, with that also being said, three questions are, why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea which is a, a, a cool thing, always a cool thing. And with that being said, thank you very much for going through the whole one with me. It's been an amazing ride, an amazing book, and I appreciate it. And also, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm hopefully going to see you the next time. So, bye-bye.